Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. Hey. All right. Welcome to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah. Having a good day. Let's start the pod. All right, here we go. First time recording live. Not well. This isn't coming out live. Why did I say that? Start over. Here. All right, here we go. First time recording. Not live. I'm alive. How's it work? This isn't coming out live. Not live. Third time. All right, here we go. First time recording from the ship. Uh, if anyone's new to the show, I to perform. I'm performing on cruise ship, uh, cruise ships a lot, and I don't have an internet connection. So I'm my wife, the genius that is my wife. She came up with the idea. Why don't you just bring your mic on the ship and record them? and then record the podcast, and then you can just put them out when you have Wi-Fi. <laughs> Who did I marry? Albert freaking Weinstein? Um, anyways, hopefully everyone got the joke that I know his name's Einstein. Just did my first show on this ship, and it was a lot of fun. These shows, man, are just packed. Like, this show probably had over 500 people, standing room only, and what's funny is, as oh, before I get into this, uh, please rate the podcast five stars. I know it's annoying I have to say it. Please just take 10 seconds, go rate it five stars. It really helps me out. Leave a review, subscribe. And if you are enjoying it, tell your friends. It's the only way it's going to get the word out. I did notice that the listenership is growing, which is nice. Try and put out as many as I can. So please rate it five stars. It really, really helps. I know it's annoying to hear on a podcast. I listen to podcasts as well. And now when I hear it, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that right now. Um, so yeah, and if you leave a review, that's awesome. Doesn't have to be long. Could say, cool pod. Love it. <laughs> Jeff, J-E-F-F is so great. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that. So um, as I'm walking, after what my room is I'm always in a different room on every ship, obviously, but sometimes you're close to the comedy club, sometimes you're not close to the comedy club. So right now, I'm on deck two. Sometimes they put me on zero deck. Zero deck is like, shit goes down, we're the first to die. You know what I mean? If we're sinking, we're the people in Titanic who are like, come on, let us out of the cages. (laughs) But right now, I'm on deck two, so I feel like a civilian. I thought I might have a nice ocean view as I was walking to my room. I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, oh, I'm uh, I'm in 2237, right? And I'm looking at the numbers and it's like 2261, 2259. It's going down. I'm like, man, all of these are on the ocean view side. This is dope. I'm about to have the best room I've ever had on one of these ships. And then uh, 2241, no, yeah, 2241, 2237 are both on the interior. It's like a little crew only door that I didn't see coming. So basically, whatever. I don't have the ocean view but I do have a nice size bed sometimes the bed is very small and I have a double now it's like twice as it's basically two of the beds I usually have 
and it's a lot bigger. I'll tell you what, man, when you double something up, it's a lot, you know what I mean? Think of your weenie. What if you had double weenie? That's a huge weenie. I don't care where your weenie's starting at. Um, you know what I mean? Think about your gut, huh? Double gut. Anyways, it's very late. Obviously, had a horribly long travel day. So anyways, as I'm walking to the show, let me tell you about that. Now I'm gonna get to my travel day because I have a bone to pick with gate agents at the airport, and this is not going away anytime soon. I dislike these people, some of them, not all of them. So I'm walking to my show. I have to walk all the way down the hallway to the other end of the ship and then go up like three flights of stairs, right? Three, three levels. So I'm walking. A lot of people on the cruises, they're having a good time. They're partying, they're drinking. The shorter cruises, I found out, uh, more partying, more drinking. Like, I'm fitting this in. What is this, a three-day cruise, four-day cruise? Yeah, we're getting drunk. We're getting booked up, right? Because they're really cramming it all in. So these ladies, and I'm sitting there, I see an open hallway. You ever see an open hallway? And you're like, yeah, I'm going to sprint down this hallway so I can get where I'm going faster. Anyways, no one was in my way. And then as I'm walking up, as I'm walking... Four ladies come out of one of the rooms, and they're clearly drunk, which is fine. They're having a good time. Not like hammered, but they're just having a good time. And they're walking, you know, they're t the hallways are narrow. So I was like, okay, what am I stuck behind these people? You know what I mean? Come on, I got to get to the show on time. I got to meet the, you know, the, the host who I have to check in with. I have to be on time. Don't want the guy to dislike me. So I love how I'm going through all these things that run through my head. So they eventually are just like, oh, hey, like go ahead you can go ahead and I'm like oh thanks you know and then I walk past and then they start catcalling me right they're like hey slow down hey where are you going you know stuff like that and I just ignored them because uh, I was trying to get to the show and also n nothing to talk about <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't know how to react to that uh, I know women get catcalled all the time totally can see how that's annoying you know what I mean I've had it a couple times in my life remember uh had like gay guys sometimes here and there hit on me when I was in like West Hollywood. I had an old friend who used to dance at one of the the Abbey, the big like one of the biggest uh, uh, gay clubs, gay bars, gay clubs, at a bar. I don't know. I went there a couple times. She was like a go-go dancer, or whatever. So I remember hanging out. We'd like on her break, we'd come out. She'd come out and we'd hang out. And uh, guys, obviously, every, pretty much everyone there was gay. So like they assumed I was gay. So a couple times I'd been hit on by like you know guys or whatever. And, but it's so rare. It's so rare for a guy to get actually like, hey, you know, and girls get the hey all the time. That sucks. Your whole life, you're just, oh, man, once I open this door and walk out of my house, I'm just going to get, hey, where are you going? Don't be a bitch. Oh, what are you, lesbian? Like that just constantly bombarded at you. That's terrible. So anyways, I ignored these people. And in the back of my mind, I was like, watch, they're going to be at my show. Sure enough. The sound guy is in the back of the room, these big rooms at work, you know? And uh, I go to the back of the room, meet the sound guy, and then I'm just, I could see the whole crowd coming in, is my point, sitting down. And I'm like, there they are. There are those ladies. After the show, they're going to be like, we saw you in the hallway. And that's what happened. So that's always good. It's always good when I'm rude to people. Am I rude by ignoring the cat calls? How do you, how do you react to the cat call? I appreciate the cat call. I'm married, though. <laughs> and then what, they're going to come back with something stronger. Like, well, that don't mean anything. Is she here? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I don't know. What's, gonna, what's the point? So I don't know how to respond to that. I feel for people who get hit on constantly. You know what I mean? Well, that sounded really bad. Hey, I get it now. Okay? It sucks to be hit on. I get how that could be 
horrible if it happened all the time. I do think that's a kind of a funny thing. That'd be like a funny sketch, you know? Just a woman, just terribly frightened to leave her house the second she opens her door, just a bunch of dudes. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, where you going? Where you going? Oh, it's gonna be like that? Oh, it's gonna be like that? Oh, she's gonna be like that? <laughs> Your whole life, can't even just go to the grocery store. Oh man, that just brings up, I don't know if I ever talked about in this podcast, but I had, uh, I have this bit that is so hard to get into, but when I get into it the right way, it does great. I don't want to be one of those comics like, it kills, man, it kills, I always kill, I always crush with this, because that's not a thing, but the few times I've gotten into it correctly, it, like, the crowds love it, it has to be like, the right type of crowd, but basically, um, basically, my wife, one time I dropped her off at to run to the store, we needed something, just like one thing or whatever, and we had both kids in the car, and it was late, so I didn't want to park and me go in, usually I would run out and go in, but it, she's like, um, but I said like, hey, can you just go in? Cause I don't want to take the kids out and I don't want to leave you guys in the parking lot. You know what I mean? By yourselves. So she's like, all right. And I could tell she didn't want to. And I felt kind of bad. She gets out of the car immediately. These dudes were just like, hey, where you going? Where you going? And my wife is just like, okay, you know, like just kept walking. And he's like, the guy, I think the guy said like, he's like, oh, you don't gotta be a bitch. He's like, you don't gotta be a bitch. And then she was like already like kind of in this like going through that little uh, inside the store where you're kind of inside the store but you're really where the carts are and uh, he yells like I could hear him I was watching the whole time and but she couldn't hear him and he's like I'd eat that booty though I'd eat that booty and you could tell this guy was trying to like show off for the guy like his buddy he was with so my point is I do this bit where I'm like okay, let's just take a guess <laughs> like who did the, you know like let's name that race or whatever and something like it's it works when there's black people in the audience because they find it hilarious or not all black people obviously would but um people in the crowd if it's like the crowd already is on my side and gets me anyways probably just whatever so it's just funny i'm like was that a let's just uh, throw it in the was that an orthodox jewish guy like hello i would uh, i'd eat that tukis i'd love to eat that tukis was that uh <laughs> i don't know i guess you could do all the races it could possibly it wasn't an indian guy hey where are you going i'd love to eat that booty as long as there's no cow in there because it's sacred if you have meat inside your booty, I wouldn't eat it, but I would eat your regular booty, no cow. All right, so it's just getting worse and worse when I'm doing this. Um, let's see, could it be an Asian guy? <laughs> I just keep going, oh, it's a booty. It's just like, none of them sound right, except for ding ding, right? So anyways, oh, I had a buddy tell me he likes, he liked my uh, Italian accent, the last one. Hey, where you going? I'll eat that fucking booty, huh? Huh? Put a little fucking uh, put a little parmesan on that booty. I'll put a little parmesan on that booty and I'll fucking dig right in with one of those big pasta spoons. So that's for him. <laughs> so I'm just going delirious. I slept. Oh, I gotta get into this. So the travel days to get to a lot of these ships are just kind of. It's not the worst thing in the world because I used to have really bad travel days when I was touring a bunch of colleges and stuff, but some of these, you don't get a lot of sleep. It's just one of those things where you're not gonna get sleep. So I had to fly from LAX on a 12.38 a.m. flight, and then I fly to Dallas, and then I fly from Dallas to New Orleans. So, and then from New Orleans, I have to get, you know, on a bus or an Uber or whatever, but if they have shuttled or sometimes just an Uber, Uber's so much easier. And then I just get to the ship. Then once you get on the ship, you have to go through like a process of like, you know, 
getting getting all your credentials stuff whatever and whatever get in your room get into your room sometimes they make you do a, a security thing so it's just a long day and those flights if you fly straight to miami from la or something that you could you know you could get some sleep possibly some decent sleep you know what i mean that's like a five and a half hour flight you have a good chance if you're able to sleep on the plane and you're tired you could knock out for like a decent four hours you know what i mean like even if you're kind of asleep the whole time maybe four hours of that is like pretty good which you know that'll help you get through the day so la to dallas is like three hours so you really don't get you can't just like I, for me at least i have like the anxiety of like oh, there's no way i'm getting good sleep so then that makes me not sleep and if i wake up even a little bit on the flight now i'm like shit i'm not getting deep sleep i was hoping to get three hours of deep sleep and now it's not happening so i got crappy sleep but here's the thing so i go to the airport and this is where i'm talking about these gate agents now we're talking about it these motherfuckers dude, there's no other way to say it they're liars they lie I travel with a carry-on, okay? Because one, I don't need more than that unless I'm selling merch. If I have like a bunch of, you know, I used to sell CDs, so I'd check a bag because I'd sell a bunch of CDs and then those became obsolete and then sometimes I'd sell books. So if I'm traveling on a plane somewhere where I'm gonna sell books, like, yeah, I try and, I always try and make it so I could just, you know, put in my carry-on, but whatever. So I travel with a carry-on. I try really hard not to check a bag because one, you have all your stuff with you. You don't have to worry about any sort of crazy mishap at the airport, which you know, accidents happen. I'm not blaming them, but you know, just you keep your property with you at all times. So I have a carry-on bag, okay? It's a carry-on sized bag. This bag is not new. I've traveled with this bag tons of times. I got this bag from as a wedding gift. So since 2000, when we get married, 2015, since 2015, this has been my carry-on bag, and it works almost every time. And why I say almost every time, I don't know why I have to, I have to say works. The point is I don't get shit for it almost 90% of the time, but every now and then, I'd say 10, 15% of the time, maybe 20, somebody will at the gate will just be like, oh, oh we gotta see if that bag fits, right? First off, this bag has been in all the overhead bin spaces, it fits. I've been on bigger planes, I've been on smaller planes, it fits just fine, not an issue at all. I never have to cram it in or, you know, oh, can I just put mine sideways and not put it in wheels, whatever. So the point is it fits. So I was like, all right. So what I did is right in front of them, I turn around and I dropped it into the thing, right? Drops right in, fits, okay? It's in. The lady goes, no, it doesn't fit. And I go, how's it not fit? I'm like, we're talking about it not fitting as it's fitting. It's fitting right in front of all of us. I'm not, I don't have like my knee on top of it and I'm like putting all my body weight on it. It's just in, I'm not even touching it. And I go, what are you talking about? And she goes, it doesn't fit, like you need to check it. So this is like a thing like they know when they say we need to see if it fits, they're just gonna make you check it anyways. And I go, why? It fits. And she goes, it doesn't fit. I go, it's in. And she goes, you forced it in. I go, what are you talking about? I go, I just dropped it in and it went straight in. And then she just forced me to check my bag. I'm not gonna get into some huge thing at the airport where everybody has, you know, scared of some, somebody making a scene. So they check my bag, they make me check my bag, right? So here's where the story gets, goes from whatever to kind of funny, I think. So I don't like that shit, right? It's BS, this bag has flown so many times, like I said. So I went on, first of all, I called American Airlines, they were just like, oh, just, you know you have to leave that complaint on the website so I go on the website 
I find a spot to leave the complaint. I write the complaint. You guys get it. You, I already told you what the complaint is, right? This bag always fits, blah, blah. Every now and then somebody, some overzealous gate agent does this, and I'm upset about it, right? Then, here's where it gets kind of funny because I end up looking like an idiot, to myself at least so far. Then I get to New Orleans, right? Because they check your bag all the way to your final destination. I get to New Orleans, get my bag, and I travel with a bunch of these nutrition bars because it just helps me when I'm, on, when I'm on the road, I eat super healthy most of the time. I'll have like a day here or there, maybe I won't, but I, I really, because it's hard to work out when I'm in town like I used to because I'm t with my kids all the time. So um, when I'm on the road now, I, I get more sleep like I should, which is healthy. I work out every day and I try and eat right. So I have some a couple nutrition bars that I'll sometimes I'll just supplement a meal and eat two of those, right? And um, so I have a bunch of them because I'm going to be gone for 10 days. And I open the front zipper of my carry-on and I start, I'm like, wow, there's like way less bars than there was before. So I write a follow-up complaint, all right? They haven't even fully processed my first complaint yet, right? This is, these are hours apart. Write a follow-up complaint. And this one, guys, I am pissed off, okay? If I could find a copy of this, I might read it on a later podcast. Um, I don't know if they email me like here's a copy of your complaint. Let me see. I have bad internet now. Maybe it's like saved in my thing and I can see it because I did see that they said like, hey, here's a, like we got your complaint. Maybe they didn't send that in an email. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Come on. There it is. Has received your complaint. Do they put it in here? No, they don't. Okay, good. Because it is embarrassing at this point. So I read this complaint. Guys, at this one, I'm pissed, right? Now I'm just like yeah, I already wrote this other complaint, blah, blah, blah. Like really quickly reiterated my other complaint that they're going to see because I have my, you know, American Airlines Advantage number attached to it. And then um, then I write how, long story short, I was robbed. I was robbed of my nutrition bars, guys. And this is why I like to travel with my stuff. And this is why I don't want other, someone else's possession. And I think at one point I even said some piece of garbage <laughs> stole my stuff. I just hate like people who steal from other people. I just don't like it, right? So it's so I am pissed in this whole thing, right? And I think I ended it. It was so early in the morning and I had like got such crappy sleep and I was so just irritated already. I think I ended it with something like, and now I'm gonna go open my bag and hope that like nothing else was stolen, right? So what happens when I open my bag? I immediately see more of my bars and realize, oh, that's right, I put some on the inside pouch too. <laughs> and it's like, I want to write them back like, hey, about those bars, <laughs> don't worry about it. But I was so over the top in my anger about um, <laughs> the bars that it's hard to pull back, you know what I mean? Not like, I didn't I would, I didn't write it the way I feel like normally I would write something if I wasn't dead tired, off no sleep, and just irritable. Normally I'd be like, hey, like, well, actually I wouldn't even have written it, I would have checked my bag first, and then I'd be like, okay, cool. There they are. That's right. You put some in there. So I don't know how to come back from that. Like, hey, um, to anyone who <laughs> I called a piece of garbage, I would like to take that back. I still am upset about the gate agent. So let's just see what the response is. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'll have to update you guys on the response. I had a great situation with Alaska Airlines. They ruined my bag. They literally did... Um, the the front on my on a check bag because I was going up to Canada and I had I did check a bag because I had a bunch of I was gonna be there for a while I wasn't gonna have I don't think I had access to laundry and uh, whatever so I checked a bag and 
the they just totally like the front the big front pocket on my big big bag was just ripped and hanging open when i went to get it and then i told them like yo like what the heck and they were just like oh yeah like we don't take care of that that's like natural wear and tear I go natural wear and tear it's not like a little rip on the side it's like the whole front pocket is hanging open the zipper you broke off and i had stuff in there and it's all gone and so the stuff i had in there were books that i was going to sell and they were just like, yeah, whatever. They're, the people at the airport can be fucking assholes. Like, I get that they deal with, like, complaints all the time, but I, I'm very, in person, like, I'm very nice when I approach those situations because I just feel like, yeah, you catch more bees with honey, even though I feel like that's not the case. I notice people who come at those people hot, like, oh, I'm going to, where's your supervisor? I'm angry, blah, blah, blah. And you're not going to talk to me like that. Those people tend to get more than me. I'm always, like, too nice. And then they're like, yeah, this guy's nice, whatever, fuck him. So... uh those people were just like basically like yeah it's natural wear and tear and then that was at the seattle airport uh that was before i was going up to calgary so and the reason i had to get my bag is because it's like some another situation the flight was delayed anyway just wanted to make the story to make sense so i had to overnight in seattle so i uh by the way i think they didn't even pay for my overnight in seattle that airline does kind of suck they just purposely didn't go to calgary and i lost all this money because I didn't get to do the show that night. Uh, anyways, okay, now, now I'm upset. Um, but anyway, so those people at the airport were saying, like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, tough shit. And then I called, and I talked to this lady in the, in, at the actual, like, main office or whatever. She was so cool. She was like, yeah, I'm going to take care of that for you. She's like, they shouldn't have said that. And also, especially because it's not natural wear and tear, it sounds like send me the pictures and stuff. And she goes, but also... Um, it's an international flight and she goes in international flights like should be protected you know all that stuff but anyways I guess there's different rules but aside from that she said it wasn't natural wear and tear that lady ended up hooking it up they reimbursed me for my bag I sent them like what my bag would cost I found that on Amazon because I don't know how much it cost it was a wedding gift and they sent me that plus all the money for the books as if I sold them which was right on so always call the number i think i might have mentioned this before on a podcast always call and talk to those people do not talk to the jerks at the airport who are in a bad mood so there you go i now we have a cliffhanger what happens with my carry-on how does how does how does american airline handle it all right um when i got uh on oh when i the thing i like about the ships out of new orleans is you're going through i don't know if it's the bayou or what but you're going to like the river i think it's the river you're going through a river for a long time is it technically a canal i think it's canal i don't know i gotta look this up um but you're going through that for like hours after you leave the port so i have full cell cell phone service for a long time which is cool when we leave and it's cool and we're going back to the port because you just have all this extra time with service right so i was watching on my phone uh after i woke up from my six hour nap i think it took like a solid six hours i woke up i went to bed at when i finally got in my room at like 10 45 i think maybe 11 i woke up at three something and then i just slept again till like 5 45 i don't know it was a lot i got a lot of sleep and i can't wait to sleep again tonight it's gonna be great that's what it is you know it's like being a young a parent to young kids you're just like man i'm gonna sleep tonight <laughs> are you gonna party i'm not partying man i'm gonna sleep I'm gonna get in my bed i'm gonna sprawl out um so anyways 
uh, I watched this movie on, on my phone on HBO called The Mule with Clint Eastwood. And it was good. I will recommend it. It was a good movie. But Clint Eastwood has multiple movies. Maybe in my head I'm exaggerating the amount, but is he doing a lot of movies now where he's like this old grumpy white guy who's kind of racist? But like, he's not racist, but he says like, well, in Gran Torino he was racist. But then suddenly he just like says things like in this movie, he's like a really nice guy. Likes everybody. He's not racist at all, but he says things that are just dated, you know? Like, it kind of doesn't really add to the movie. <laughs> like, in this movie, he pulls over to the side of the road to help a family who has a flat tire and they're black. And, he, and he's like, oh, you guys need help. He's being like a really nice person. And they're like, uh, yeah, you know, just the lady's like, oh, my husband doesn't know how to change a flat. And he's like, oh, that's what's wrong with your generation, you know? You gotta, everything's on the phone. <laughs> There's always like this weird, like we get that he's old. He already looks fucking old. You know what I mean? We don't need the, yeah, your generation. Don't you just live life? You're always on your phone. <laughs> so it's like he said that multiple times throughout the movie to different people. So I thought that was a little, it's like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if he's doing it to be funny. I don't know. So then he says, as he's helping him, he goes, this is nice. Uh, he said something like, this is nice helping you Negro folk. And then the the wife is like makes this face. The, the husband looks at her, and then she's like, "Uh, she's like, we don't say that anymore, you know, like we don't say that word." And then the guy's like, "Yeah, it's like it's black, or just or just people." He said, "Or just what do you say, just people or something, or just human?" He said, "Just people." And then Cleveland's character is like, oh, "Okay, okay." He's like, "Well, how about that or something?" So something like that. Like so, it's just like, what is this in the movie for? We already get he's an old dude. He's clearly white. He does, but the thing is, he, his character doesn't mean anything malicious by it. And by the way, who would say that? Do people, I mean, I don't know. Do people, my grandpa died when he was 91, and my grandpa was born in 1921. My grandpa never, I never saw my, I mean, obviously my grandpa, but the thing, Clint, this is the problem with it. Clint Eastwood's character wasn't racist. Like, the whole point of his character, he's nice to everybody. Like, he's, he's a drug mule in the movie. He ends up being a drug mule. But before that, he has all these uh, Mexican friends, and he speaks Spanish to them, and they all love him. And then he, the, the even the drug dealer guys, like, all love him. And he had, there's, not, there's not, like, a racist bone in his body. He's, like, a good dude. The, the, the storyline of the movie, besides him being a drug mule, is that he, like, doesn't have a relationship with his family because he always put work first, right? Which, by the way, I always end up watching movies like that when I'm away from my family. It makes me super sad. I'm like, am I that guy? Am I that shitty dad? So, anyways, th there's just, like, no point for it, and he didn't say it in a racist way, and it's just weird. It's just, like, a weird thing in the movie to have, like, like oh, my point is my, gran my grandpa, no one, they never, like, referred to people as, if you're not racist, why are you referring to people as the thing they are? Like, I would never open a door for someone and be like, look at me, open a door for an Asian family. <laughs> Look at me opening the door for a bunch of Middle Eastern people. Like it just—it seems just not realistic, but I don't know. It's just—I just didn't didn't go with his character, but I got that his character was old. But anyways, maybe he did it because he's trying to show that sometimes people are just older and they mean nothing by it. Maybe that's the reason. I just talked myself into a circle, and I figured it out. Maybe that's the reason why he did it. Hey, he didn't mean anything. Like, some people just say words that they're used to saying, but they don't mean anything by him. Maybe that's it. I don't know. All right. So, uh, but yeah, I remember in, he's doing, like, he's done multiple movies where he's just like a, like a supposedly bad dad, you know? Like this movie, Trouble with the Curve. I thought that was a good movie. Justin Timberlake, Amy Adams, Clint Eastwood. I'm just glad that he's doing movies with actors again. He did that movie, Gran Torino. 
that movie straight up just sucked. That movie was so weird. Like he the if anyone doesn't know this, he he just got new like people who had never been in anything to be the other actors and I was confused watching that movie cuz the this Asian gang but none of them seemed tough and then it's weird when you watch movies you're maybe not noticing that oh I'm believing that that person is a gang member and I believe that that person's a cop but when you see bad actors you're like what is happening right now <laughs> like, I, they were just like oh yeah oh yeah man oh yeah dude and I'm just like are these people like I, I feel like they showed them uh, a YouTube video of a gang in real life and they go just okay you got it go out there all right we're rolling action go it's just they were so bad they're terrible actors so Anyways, and there's, I remember I didn't realize that. I think my dad told me after I saw that movie. But that movie, Clint Eastwood was like the super racist, like, oh, you zipper heads, get off my porch. He was saying all these racial slurs I'd never even heard of. Um, but Trouble with the Curve, it's like, you know, he wasn't there with his daughter. This movie, he wasn't there with his daughter. And his daughter in this movie, her name's Allison Eastwood. I'm guessing that's his real daughter. So is this a... Uh, catharsis type thing you know his cathartic thing like is he was he really a, like a bad dad i don't know i don't know okay speaking real quick another dad thing when i'm working out i download stuff on amazon video amazon prime video or whatever and netflix so i could just watch them while i'm working out if any any tip out there for people helps you do a little bit longer of a workout sometimes you know you don't like working out but you're watching something and you're like oh it only has 10 minutes left i'll knock out another 10 minutes of this workout you know and i usually i use the elliptical because i have a bad back so <laughs> there you go so anyways i was watching this movie hannah on uh amazon prime and i started watching it a while ago and then i uh the first episode and then i i just like oh, i'll watch the rest of it when i get on another ship and it's pretty good so far i only watched the first episode so basically not giving too much away because i've only seen the first episode but his dad escapes from some facility with his baby girl. He raises her in the woods. She's a baby at the time. He raises her. He teaches her how to fight. He teaches her that the outside world is like, you know, there's these people that are out to get her. And we don't know why, unless I missed it, but we don't know why these people are, this lady is, uh, is out to kill, uh, you know, the main character and his daughter and everything. And, and, and that's the person who killed uh, this girl, Hannah's mom. So anyways, the dad's like, my point is this. I have one thing to say about this. Good show, but also, I guess I have two things. Good show, but also, um, the dad, first episode, if you haven't seen it, I guess fast forward. First episode, she obviously at some point is going to get out of this forest because he's raising her in the forest. And she's, you know, teenager. She wants to explore. She wants to know what's out there. So she sneaks out, meets this boy, this Polish guy, who's, I guess he's like a teenager too. He's chopping wood or doing some shit. He's working in the forest. And they hang out one day. Then she comes back the next day and they hang out again. And he takes her like the satellite dish thing. They're sitting on it, looking up at the stars. And the guy makes the boy kind of like makes a move on her, like he wants to kiss her. And obviously, she doesn't really know what's going on because she grew up in the woods with her dad, and she doesn't know outside world stuff, right? So when she gets back and she she finally tells the dad, like, yeah, you know, this is what happened, blah blah. And then uh, she goes, he he tried to touch me. Like she says to her dad, like he tried to touch me. And they're just sitting there eating. And the dad gets what he, she means by it because she's just confused by it. And he goes, uh, he goes, don't worry, he's just a boy. And I'm like, wait a second, what? You're the most protective dude ever. You teach her how to be a fucking assassin with her bare hands. And then you're cool with like some teenage dude trying to grope your daughter. Like the one thing every dad's like, fuck that guy. Tell him no. You fucking, you're not ready for that. This guy's like, eh, no big deal. 
he's just a boy but everybody else the rest of the world we fucking murder them with our hands if they come near us but if some guy puts a move on you fucking it is what it is <laughs> it's like it made no sense to me um all right i think i have okay a couple more things real quick uh these cruise ships it, 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 the cruise ships are kind of like a double-edged sword it's kind of fun seeing people having a good time or it's also kind of lonely because i'm not with my family and everyone else is on vacation you're not and it's weird it's kind of a weird dynamic but um they have karaoke i went to check out the room after i woke up from my nap where i'd be performing i was like to see what the room looks like and uh not that it matters i'll perform anywhere but so i uh I walk in there doing karaoke in the room that I was gonna be in, and these black girls are on stage singing Keith Sweat, Nobody, which is one of my favorite songs. But it's a very sexual song. Like, he's like, I wanna please you. <laughs> I want you to holler when you want me to stop. So they're out there singing, it's like belting it, right? Probably partying, maybe had a couple drinks, who knows. And then, like at, I saw, I walked in right when their song started, and then just see like these white families with kids just leaving. Like, okay, karaoke took a turn. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny. And when I was talking about bad acting earlier, bad singing, man. There's a lot of people that can sing really well in the world, and there's so many of us that can't. I can't. But uh, man, I love that song. And these girls were not very good singers. They were just screaming it. I'm like, please make it stop. All right. Um, last thing and uh, hey, this is pretty good for the inaugural uh podcast on the ship so i'll hopefully get this out in a couple days and i'll just string out i don't know if i should release multiple or i should just string them out because i could you know say when i want them to post but uh yeah i don't know anyways i'll be back i'll be back in on the on the land in a couple days and hopefully i can go to bourbon street or something get some wi-fi and upload this stuff so let's see last thing i wrote down being super old people used to die young oh yeah, yeah oh yeah i was watching that clint easton movie it's just like so weird you know we we live so much longer now in case something happens god forbid right it's like a weird thing people used to live to be i mean the the age limit for being a president you have to be at least in the united states you have to be at least 35 right but 35 back then when they made that i mean people weren't living to be 88 years old 80, whatever the average is 82 or whatever you know or 81 whatever the average is in our country i think it's in the 80s for male and female now i mean that's insane like i feel like the age you should have to be like 45 now right i don't know um yeah, people just die young. That's just so weird to think about. I'm 35. I should be like, all right, I only got like, you know, 15 years left, maybe 20, and I'm done. And now it's just, you just want to keep living. And it's just a weird thing. I don't even know where I was going with this. Uh, oh, yeah, now you just die because you got old. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're old. Then you get something, you get sick. Maybe you get, you know, something that your body just can't fight off or you, you catch a disease a little late or something. I don't know. There's all people are mostly just dying you know when you die you're just old just super old my grandma was 98 when she passed away and that's that's a long time to live so um yeah oh it used to just be like you got you know bad diarrhea and then it's like oh he's got the dysentery yep well that's it for him just think about how much tougher people were back then you know what i mean 
like now it's somebody you know steps on your foot at a club and it's like what's up bro you want to fucking fight and they just cuss at each other and nothing happens used to be like some you, you pissed off the wrong cowboy it's like it's fucking duel let's go out there and see who can draw first and shoot the other person I don't know. Are these things all real? I mean, I feel like they are. Can you imagine being in the Old West? That would be so weird. What's his face? Seth MacFarlane made that movie, A Million Ways to Die in the West, whatever. That was a pretty funny movie. But uh, I thought one of the funniest things in that movie, well, there's a lot of funny things in that movie. Bill Maher is doing stand-up or whatever. He's talking to this crowd, and he introduces somebody, and he leans in as people are clapping and goes, shit crowd, which is just so funny because comics do that shit all the time like you get off stage and even though the audience is like oh that guy's great it's like in your head you don't like him you think they should have given you more and you'll whisper something to the crowd like oh don't don't talk to the fucking guy in the front blah 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 or you know there's some drunk people these drunk ladies on the left don't look at him like we'll just say shit to each other or shit crowds like that that was pretty funny but uh yeah i'm just such a i'm not tough man i i'm gonna try this trip to not cry in my room by myself missing my kids and my family uh it's like i cry dude like often that's not i like i don't know jimmy valvana the coach of uh north carolina state real like his legacy lives on because he got cancer he gave like this amazing speech i believe it was at the espies and uh they they do it you know they have the jimmy v classic now jimmy v foundation but he has this whole in, in, his, in his real famous speech he goes He's like, there's three things you should do every day. He goes, you should laugh, you should cry, and you should think. He's like, that's a full day, man. That's a full day. You laugh and you cry and you think. It's like, dude, I do cry a lot, and I don't think it's normal. But he's talking about like having all those emotions or whatever every day. But uh, yeah, I mean, back in the day, it was just like, oh yeah, man, fucking, I got all these brothers and sisters because there's no birth control, and some of them are dead because you know, they they. Uh, fucking we're at a saloon and got into some cowboy and that guy's dead it's like just it's just a weird thing now to die young and i think it used to be a weird thing to not die young can you imagine being like 90 and you know 1650 <laughs> people are like yo dude you're a, a guy that's 90 years old and they're like shut the fuck up man that's not a thing yeah man two towns over 90 get the fuck out what is it is that is that the second coming what are we talking about here so anyways i think my whole thing was one i don't think that i'm tough because i cry way too much and i don't even know where i was going with it all right i gotta end on something a little bit lighter but it's probably gonna come off weird or just like eye rolling but uh everybody says you're supposed to like uh everybody complains about their what not everybody but a lot of people complain about their wives and all that and i mean i've only been married four years a little over four years but i love my wife man i just still love hanging out with my wife <laughs> like she's my favorite person to hang out with whenever like the the thing that is tough about having kids is there's not enough time for my wife and i to hang out just us i love hanging out with just my wife she's so funny she's so fun and uh she's a good balance for me i uh it's just weird that you see so many maybe i see a lot of people complain about their wives because of I'm always at uh, comedy shows, and there's a lot of married people who are like, oh, my wife, blah, blah, you know? Just not, I don't know. I just, uh, just like kicking it with my wife, and uh, I just wanted to end on that because she's the one who put the amazing idea in my head to bring my microphone on the road with me. The only reason I didn't bring it 
before is because I pack in this carry-on like we talked about and it's and my carry-on is usually packed pretty tight I pack very efficiently for these trips and uh, this mic is pretty big it's a pretty big mic so anyways uh, thanks for sticking around please rate the podcast five star subscribe tell a friend uh, leave a review and oh my, my book my children's book hopefully next month will be completely everything will be it'll be done and available uh, the website will be thedifferentbook.com, thedifferentbook.com. And I'm very, very excited to see if hopefully I can get that out in circulation and get people enjoying it. It's uh, definitely a passion project, and I'm really uh, means a lot to me personally. That's why I wrote it. So um, really hope it connects with people. You never know. You just make something, you create it, and you throw it out there. And a lot of times people are like, fucking nope. <laughs> nice try <laughs> nope <laughs> and sometimes uh, every now and then something catches so hopefully it does all right guys thanks so much for listening thank you for the time to my daddy